With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Qualifying in Styria is done, and Max Verstappen has taken pole position at Red Bull's home race. Verstappen will start alongside Lewis Hamilton on the front row, as Valtteri Bottas, who qualified second, will take a three-place grid penalty for his pit lane spin yesterday. All got through to Q3 on medium tyres, with which they will start Sunday's race. At the end of Q3, Verstappen set two laps that were good enough for pole, but it was his 1 minute 0.3841 from his first run that clinched it. Lando Norris took fourth ahead of Sergio Perez, with the duo each to be boosted one spot up on the grid because of Bottas's penalty. Meanwhile, Pierre Gasly was sixth with his team at Yuki Tsunoda setting the eighth fastest time. However, he will start the race 11th after receiving a penalty for impeding Bottas. Alpine's Fernando Alonso took ninth ahead of Aston Martin driver Lance Stroll, who made it into Q3 despite having his final lap in Q2 deleted for a track limits infringement by running too wide at the final corner. At the end of Q2, George Russell ended up P11 and just 8 milliseconds from a first Q3 appearance for Williams after Alonso's late improvement knocked the Briton out. Carlos Sainz Jr. lost his best time in Q2 for running too wide out of the penultimate corner, but he would have been behind Russell in any case. 
One of the disappointments for the session was that of Daniel Ricciardo, who was only 13th in the second McLaren, and also Esteban Ocon, who failed to make it out of Q1 and will start 17th tomorrow. As always, I am joined by Alex Kalinorkas, Autosports F1 editor. Alex, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Ariana. Yes, um, yeah, an, an interesting qualifying session for the Styrian Grand Prix. Um, yeah. Verstappen keeping Red Bull ahead uh, on home turf. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I'm not sure if I really expected that in FP3, where Lewis Hamilton was suddenly back ahead. And yeah, Verstappen got, he got traffic yeah. and, you know, it was a bit disruptive, but you think things are going to be really close again. And then, uh, and then no, Max, Max uh, blew them away. And Hamilton left to rue the fact that his car just wasn't feeling as good. Do you think he was a bit surprised? Didn't really know why. But yeah, just said, I, I, when, that, when he did that lap in FP3, he was like, I need that in Q3. And he just knew very yeah. early on that he wasn't going to be able to do it. So, um, yeah, sets up a pretty good race tomorrow because I think the trend has been that the Red Bull is just faster in qualifying uh, and the Mercedes is fractionally faster in the race. Whether it's enough to, mm-hmm. to make overtaking possible, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think um, in terms of an intriguing race, it's it's worked out very nicely. It has indeed. Now, I spoke to Max after the session today, actually, and he was clearly in good spirits. Uh, seemed to be in a very good mood, understandably. But talk us through how he managed to secure that pole position because like you said, he really just, you know, blew it, blew the others out of the water with that. Well, yeah, it was interesting. I, I know what you mean. Max was in a very good mood after the, the session today because I asked him a, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a question in the press conference, which um, he, he uh, occasionally with Max, even when, and Lewis does this as well, all the drivers do, sometimes they, you know, as is their want, they don't have to answer your questions. It's all fine. But sometimes Max, even when he's very successful, will just, will just not give you anything. But when I asked him about, you know, the, the the switch in Q, Q2 from going from the mediums to mm. the soft, which obviously he and the Mercedes drivers do all the time. He's spoken in the past about ever so slightly. That means you're sort of a bit undercooked on your first run in Q3. So I said, well, you know, you got pole from your first run in Q3 this time. So was it easier? What was what was going on there? What was different? And Max was like, no, no, actually, um, because what, what Red Bull and Mercedes do is they send the drivers out on the mediums. Normally, there's a lap is, is, is good enough immediately to, to get them through. Uh, although that didn't happen with Lewis Hamilton today because he locked up had to do another run um, and then at the end of the mm-hmm. end of q2 they put them back on the softs right go out do a re- like stay on it like do a really fast lap just in case you look like you're going to get knocked out and then at the last minute slam on the anchors don't go any faster so you preserve the uh the best starting strategy and that also helps them get their eye in through the first run in q3 so he's trying to help that sort of progression difficulty that he talked about in previous races but basically matt's got some traffic when he tried to do that and he was back out on the softs at turn one so he was very yeah. annoyed and backed out immediately trundled back to the pits uh, and he sits there and he said that his uh, his engineer uh, gp I-, I won't pronounce his uh, his name because I- i'm trying Ter- terribly upset everybody but um yeah he said that basically he, he lambasted uh max for like you know what, what, what are you doing you, you've got to stay on it you've got to get that side to lap in and you know that, that, that that's going to help us in q3 max said well I, I didn't i didn't respond uh but i was fired up and that's really he said uh, was uh, was important to, to being on it right from the off in q3 so maybe they need to have uh, more arguments uh, uh at every qualifying <laughs> session or something like that but um yeah it was, a, it was a very good lap and then in in the in the final runs in q3 max doesn't go faster although his time is is actually still mm-hmm. good enough on the second run to get pole in any case. Um, but yeah, he goes a little bit slower because he ends up at the back of the queue of cars because with the with the rear tyres, the degradation limiting, being the limiting factor here, it's not about tyre warm-up. It's about preserving the tyre life all the way through the laps. Basically, the drivers were backing up, going very slowly ahead of their mm-hmm. ahead of their laps, trying to get you know space as well so that you're not going to be influenced by the dirty air. Well, Verstappen was not the last car out of the pit lane. That was Lewis Hamilton. I'm sure we'll come to talk about this uh, in, in a minute because he yes. carved his way through the field and uh, ended up causing himself and others all sorts of problems. Uh, and, uh, Max uh, was sat at the back of the train, said the tyres just were too cold and that's why he didn't go any faster on his second run. But um, 
as I said, obviously, whatever whatever was said and unsaid between him and his engineer did the trick. Now, let's talk about Lewis, as you said, his qualifying session today. He was the second fastest of the Mercedes cars and just wasn't really working for him. Like you said, in FP3, it was looking better. But then come qualifying, something just wasn't coming together. What what was going wrong for him today? Yeah, at the time, he wasn't really he wasn't really sure what had happened immediately after qualifying. But one would suspect that maybe the slight difference in the temperatures, things like that can just knock them out of the window and they're not quite as good. Like, for instance, Mercedes looked very, very strong on the hard tyres on the long run yesterday uh, in, in FP2. But the team was actually like, well, it was it was actually a little bit cooler. So we think that might have might have helped us. So just little flux situations and things like that can prove to be really really costly but as they at this stage the team hasn't said exactly what they think was the difference between fp3 uh, and and qualifying for hamilton but um but yeah he also had a, a bit of a different run in q3 it's so, well, a sort of different approach in that he had enough tires left yeah. over to do three runs and i said you know what, what, what was that about why, why did you do that and he said well the tires were available so i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it everything see how it goes and um, but it, it it's not that that backfired or didn't work for him it's just that when he eventually ends up on the same because uh, obviously he starts off offset by leading, leaving the pits immediately mm-hmm. he's running basically on the track by himself then he slowly sort of he does his second run just after everybody else has done their first runs and then by the third one he's caught up and he's right in amongst the pack with Verstappen right at the back of the, the queue of cars heading out Charles Leclerc's leading the pack around they're going very slowly running quite close together you know there's been all this controversy about the, the gentleman's agreement in inverted commas that yes. informal agreement that you don't overtake people just when they're just about to start their, their flying laps you know Giovinazzi criticised Mazapan for doing that Perez has been very critical of other drivers doing that um, at, at other races so Lewis, Lewis and Bottas just both steam through the pack uh, Lewis in fact uh, overtakes Bottas as well and ends up running just behind Leclerc and he said basically he was concerned by what ultimately sort of catches out Verstappen although it didn't matter in any way and that basically he worried the tyres were going to be too cold but actually what he did he said that he ended up putting himself on all the dirty lines picked up too much dirt on his tyres and he knew it meant he had a bad exit from the final corner ahead of his final run in Q3 had a bad first mm-hmm. corner, so he knew he was down at the first corner. He knew he was down at turn three, which is the second real corner. And from there, he was just like, well, I have to almost overdrive. I have to give it absolutely everything to try and rescue this lap. And it, it completely backfires yeah. in that he, he nearly steer, well, he does steer off the track at the penultimate corner. That time gets deleted for the track limits, but he was never, he was two seconds slower anyway. So yeah, it really did backfire. He was quite, he was quite open and honest about that. He was just like, yeah, definitely, you know, hindsight, you know, that sort of explained why he did it. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it was more sort of just trying something different and it, it just didn't work out in that in that very very close fight with Red Bull and it is such a close fight with Red Bull and tomorrow of course Lewis and Max lining up together on the front row giving us all what we want for another race them two going will to will as we go into race day what are you expecting though between those two Um, as you've said the Mercedes looks fractionally faster with race pace but how do you think things could unfold tomorrow bearing in mind that we could also have some rain well that that is the big unknown that is the big unknown because Mm -hmm. every every team uh, Williams has been doing this a lot this weekend being like oh is there the the rest of the week Weekend will be dominated by the wet weather and it's like well it still actually hasn't really arrived yet okay there's a bit of the start in fp2 but like people were well expecting fp3 to be washed out by a thunderstorm qualifying was going to be hit by rain i think there's a 50 percent chance of rain appearing in the race so that could mm-hmm. that could to- totally shake things up so it make it very, very interesting and um, but yeah i, I don't really uh, in terms of predicting um the race between verstappen and hamilton it's, it's going to be a one-stopper uh even though it's quite a high number of laps at the red bull ring they're very short laps so degradation yeah, yeah the rears are limiting factor but it's not a massively excessive uh you know high tire consumption circuit so it'll be a one-stopper and then it'll come down probably if if the mercedes race pace advantage is 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 not enough to get them ahead of uh, of the red bulls then 
it'll come down to strategy once again. But if they're neck and neck, yeah. if they, you know, if 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 it comes to uh, if it comes to an on track overtaking maneuver, if that does happen, we've seen them. We've seen sort of the the good and the bad in terms of how things can go wrong at the Red Bull Ring. I was I've mm-hmm. rewatching recently that crash between Rosberg and Hamilton in 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Ros- to make it clear, Rosberg is clearly at fault here. Lewis does absolutely nothing wrong. Rosberg almost just decides he's not taking the corner before he uh, runs into his teammate. But then <laughs> you think fast forward a couple more years to Verstappen and Leclerc and Verstappen showed Rosberg exactly mm-hmm. what he should have done. He should have taken the apex and then that's where you run Lewis off the road on the exit. If he wants to hang around on the outside when you've got the racing line, you've got no chance of going wrong there. And Leclerc said, he, you know, that really helped him in a few races time. So it's just, it, it's that kind of track that if there is a good, if you know, if there is the chance of a fight, it's usually a pretty good one. So fingers crossed we see that. If not, you know, there was a good strategy race uh, at Paul Ricard and that, that normally a terrible Grand Prix. So uh, fingers crossed uh, tomorrow will be exciting <laughs> as well. We have very high hopes going into each race this season because we've been treated so well so far and I am looking forward to seeing how tomorrow unfolds. I want to talk about Valtteri Bottas next. Now, he did set the second fastest time, which would have given him a solid start if it wasn't for the three-place grid penalty that will knock him down the order. He's been quite vocal about that penalty, actually, saying that it's quite harsh. It's because of the fact that McLaren have complained. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very very interesting. I can I quite I'm really quite I'm liking this punchy Bottas. This you know I'm just gonna. I know. So um, am I. Yeah, it just I just I'm like, oh, why why has he been, has he been let off the chain to a certain degree? Hmm, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm reading too much into that. Who knows? But anyway, uh, yeah, with, with Bottas, first of all, let's just say very very good lap at the end of Q3 to get up to second place. You know, he beats Lewis Hamilton in qualifying. Okay, he will it will not be sort of recorded because he will start he will start down in fifth. But you know, excellent job there to be the faster Mercedes driver. And also he had a disrupted Q3 because his first run, he got uh, blocked by Sonoda. Sonoda, I'm sure we'll come on to speak about, gets a yes. three-place, well, you mentioned it at the start, didn't you, Ariana? It gets a three-place penalty for that incident. Um, but yeah, the, the the penalty and the complaints. Now there's sort of two, there's two things to say about this. One, first of all, it's a slam dunk penalty. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense mm. to even think that he wouldn't get a sporting penalty because he spun I mean the videos the, the, the sort of the, the there's the video that catches the spin from the camera that's in the pit lane that sort of whirls around picks him up mm. really shows you how fast they're going in the pit lane like it's not the, the, you know the, the, the sort of the, 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 yeah. the, the camera shots that tend to sort of they, they don't show how fast the car is going in the pit lane because the, the camera positions are so far away. That one, he flew by those mechan- McLaren mechanics. If, he, mm-hmm. if he'd been a bit further offline, he might have even wiped out the pit wall. That's what McLaren was saying. Like, okay, yeah, that's probably, that's probably not, um, not, you know, wasn't going to happen. But still, the incident with people working in the pit lane at that speed, it's got to be a sporting penalty. I don't think he can really have any complaints about that. Yeah, of course McLaren were going to complain, but they do that all the time. They do it with everything. What, he complained about Sonoda blocking him. Like, it's the yeah, same. It's the, exactly. That's exactly what the same do. thing there. It's the same thing there. The other thing I would say about that is that there is a little bit of an inconsistency in terms of applying penalties in practice. So, for example, I think back to the Portuguese Grand Prix in 2020 when Verstappen and Stroll, I think they clashed together at, at one point. And it was a very similar incident to Stroll and uh, Norris later on in the race. And I think they're pretty sure there was a sporting penalty for the, the one involving the McLaren, but not the one involving the Red Bull and, the, and what was then the racing point. And it was like, well, it's basically the same incident. So I said to the FIA, why, mm-hmm. why no penalty? And they're like, well, it's practice. And it's like, well, a crash is still a crash. So, you know, yeah. it's sort of, I can sort of see there's, uh, it's just that inconsistency of penalties, particularly in practice, but the place where it occurred, come on Valtteri, that's, you're always going to get a penalty mm-hmm. for that. You should not be spinning in the pit lane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was walking the pit lane yesterday and today and today when I walked in, knowing what had happened with Bottas' spin, I was thinking, God, he is lucky that um, he wasn't slightly off that line because it is pretty compact. And like you said, all of the McLaren guys were right there. 
and it could have ended a lot worse. So I, yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot more dangerous. So I can completely understand why he has been penalised and also why McLaren would probably want to flag it up because it was it was their people that were at risk. So yeah, I understand it, to be honest. How do you think him being further down the order will affect Mercedes in terms of strategy tomorrow? Do you think that that's going to be a bit of a pain for them? Well, he's on the same starting strategy as Verstappen and Hamilton on the medium tyres. So that sort of just gives gives them a little bit more flexibility in terms of when they can go to the hards. So you would think that would give him an advantage in terms of Perez and Norris starting ahead. But yeah, the the answer to the question, Ariana, is yes, it does give them them more pain because there's no guarantee that that he'll get back past Norris, let alone the Red Bull um, of Sergio Perez, who again, qualifying behind a slower car. Come on, Sergio, you got to... I know there's the, the reason for that is he thinks that Hamilton ruined his lap basically by jumping ahead in the queue but other drivers were still going quick uh, right at the end so it's, 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 it is interesting but yeah there's probably the chance for Perez to get on the front row you know well deliver it on your first lap like your teammate did that's that's what you got to do mm. that's what you got to do really there Sergio but um, but yeah in terms of Bottas and the strategy yeah it's definitely made Mercedes's race harder and because it's only really the, the drivers outside the top 10 that can do anything wildly different in this one-stop yeah. race. So I don't really see what Mercedes what Mercedes can do. Now, if there's a safety car, if there's something unusual happens, then the fact that he's you know not locked into that lead fight pattern means that the options open up. But yeah, right now it's, it's, it's looking, it's certainly, it's certainly trickier. Now, lining up third tomorrow will be Lando Norris. But of course, Daniel Ricciardo had a tough day, 13th fastest. What went right for Lando and what went wrong for Daniel? In terms of Norris, um, basically, he's, 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 he was almost a bit surprised at how far up he ended. He says he wasn't <laughs> really expecting to be as close as we were. And it's sort of, uh, especially with Red Bull and Mercedes, you know, he just does end up uh, pretty, uh, pretty close. You know, he's only uh, less than a tenth behind Hamilton. And um, basically, just, just to set up the car improvements they made throughout practice, you know, FP2 to FP3 this morning, he sort of, he, he felt that he was really struggling on Friday afternoon. And, and what they did just made things a lot better and just gave him that confidence. And it's, it, is, it is quite a confidence track. You see them quite early on in FP3. FP1, they're throwing the car at those track limits to, to really find out what they're going to be able to do and have that confidence to, to pull it off and stick around on the faster line that will put you perilously close to the white lines and the curbs and things like that. So yeah, really, really good, mm-hmm. uh, really good from Norris there. And obviously he had that, he had a time deleted in FP3, so he knew exactly you know what not to do because that would have put him right up, uh, right up in sort of the top five fights. So yeah. Uh, getting confidence was the key for Norris and with Ricardo, he he doesn't know he, he says you know it, it's a bit of a mystery um because they were he was quick he was quick in fp2 so it's again it's that yeah. sort of like it, it's uh you know the um he just felt a bit off the pace and that there just wasn't there's not it's one of those things that sort of yeah maybe it's the conditions again maybe there's just something little thing that's that's not good but i think perhaps potentially if confidence was the key to Norris's lap maybe the opposite is the problem with Ricardo because we know that he's having has been having trouble getting up to speed in the McLaren in terms of getting getting that, that extra little bit of confidence to get the final few tenths that you need to succeed. So potentially it's that rearing its head again, but whatever it is, a P13 start when your teammate is P4 and actually starting P3, it's pretty shocking. I saw him just as he got out of the car. I was standing just by um, the FIA offices and he did look absolutely gutted, which, I mean, tough pill to swallow, even more so considering he did feel like, you know, he was getting more to grips with that car and last weekend we saw him really comfortable. So let's see what happens tomorrow, but... A tough one, definitely a tough one. Let's move on to the AlphaTauris. So Pierre Gasly qualified P6 and Yuki Tsunoda P8. The P6 will be a welcome result for the Red Bull team, but that penalty for Tsunoda is really not ideal. We keep saying he needs a clean weekend. 
this is really not the type of start that he's going to want, is it? No, it's, it's it's really unfortunate because basically the reason why the stewards have given him a penalty is because he he, he clearly he, he sees Bottas too late when Bottas is arriving on his his first run in Q3 at turn four, that sort of downhill uh, right hander where uh, where Albon and and Hamilton clashed in the in the the Austrian Grand Prix mm-hmm. last year, and basically the team didn't warn Sonoda that Bottas was coming so he's, he sees him he sort of jumps out of the way at the last minute but Bottas as I said clearly furious uh, trying to you know trying to yeah. get a penalty there because that's that's what's the nature of the game but yeah unfortunate for Sonoda that the team didn't uh, warn him but the rules are very clear it's the driver's responsibility to know what everything that's going on around them and he just didn't go out, get out of the way so it is a slam dunk penalty and it's very unfortunate because P8 in your first you know, qualifying session at the Red Bull Ring, which mm-hmm. yeah, it's a short lap, but it's a very tricky lap, very, very especially. And the thing the thing about these short laps is it makes it closes everything up. It means it's very hard for a driver yes. to make the real difference. So he's done very, very well to finish P8, two spots behind his teammate. P6 is a great result for Gasly, especially considering he missed FP FP2 with that that engine problem. So yeah, very unfortunate for Sonoda, but the rules are the rules, and that's what's done him. But uh, yeah, on Gasly again. Excellent. Yeah, he's very pleased. He said he got through Q2, just the one set of tyres used. So that sort of gave him confidence, knew that knew that he was coming on strong. And yeah, just ends up really not very far away from the front row. And I'm sure that tomorrow we'll see him, well, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm sure that we'll see him continuing the strong streak that he's been on so far this year. What about Alpine? It looks like things are really coming together for Alonso, definitely. Ocon, bit of a disaster today as well. Talk to us about the Alpines. Yeah, it's really, uh, really contrasting. First of all, contrasting fortunes, but also contrasting feelings when both the drivers come out. You heard that radio message from Alonso. Yeah. Just how happy he was to to get into Q3 and the result that he was doing, that he went on to get there. So but basically, he just he just said he was really enjoying himself. You know, things just felt very, very balanced and, and that it was just a good, good, well-managed session from the team. So, you know, that's that's something that he, he often talks about because he's got so much experience. You know, he knows what everything is needed to come together and produce a good result. So, yeah, he just felt that he just executed qualifying very, very well. And that feels very very satisfying especially when they're in that that crowded midfield fight and then with Ocon I mean he's not he's not actually saying where he lost the time he's like you know we're only a few hours after qualifying but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give away you know where where it was was any particular corners or lines that he was taking wrong but again as I mentioned with the short track at the Red Bull Ring the margins are very very small and he just felt that the fact that they've been lacking pace since the beginning of the weekend just hasn't made the progress that you would expect that like Lando Norris did for example and it's just you know they've changed a few things on the car but they, you know, they, they he doesn't know if, if it was the changes put sent them off in the wrong direction or what's going on, keeping his cards close to his chest. But it's a very unfortunate result. I mean, you know, it has been pretty tough since he got that contract extension, you know, at Alpine. Yeah, but um, it has been. he deserves it, of course. It's just one of those unfortunate things. But it was just, uh, yeah, to end up behind both Williams, it's, it's really not, it's really not all that great for Ocon today. Now, we are running tight on time, so we're not going to be able to make our way through the whole pack. But let's talk about Williams. George Russell, obviously qualifying P11, but because of Sonoda's penalty, he's actually going to be starting P10 tomorrow. What do you think for his chances tomorrow? Yeah, it's uh, going to be really interesting to watch uh, Russell. It's kind of, as Autosports Grand Prix editor, you you, you, you think these strange thoughts sometimes. Like, I, I, I never want rain or a red flag in FP2 because it makes my Friday feature and all the data that the teams <laughs> gather and the times that are, that are logged and speaking to, to the teams afterwards. It makes it very hard to do that feature if there's like, if the session gets <laughs> washed out like it was at the Nürburgring, which I'm pretty sure I wrote a feature off. Absolutely no laps being completed. But anyway, um, but also just you know just it just disrupts things but the other thought that i've been having particularly today is i want a wet race because wet races are always interesting but i actually want a dry race as well because i want to see how good that williams is because 
Russell yes. put in a put in a run on the hard tires on Friday that even even uh, a person at one of the one of the leading teams said was really eye-catching look at how strong he was doing mm-hmm. now he's explained that a bit today he started it with new hard tires that they doesn't normally have at that you know stage of the session because basically all the run plans were altered in fp2 because everyone thought it was going to rain so they did a lot of work in fp1 and then changed things around with the tires they had available for fp2 yeah he ends up with the third fastest time on the hard tire you know the long run averages now okay actually only only half the teams tried that in fp2 but he's better than ferrari he's better than mclaren He's only, you know, he's, he's not that far off Red Bull, which is pretty, which is pretty good going when you think about it. Uh, and on a really long stint in FP2. So there's something then really, you know, basically it's been a very, very strong weekend so far from Williams. And, and Russell has talked, he has talked about that they've made some some setup uh, changes and, and things that have, you know, going in a slightly different direction on that front has really helped the team uh, lately. We spoke to Dave Robson, the, the head of vehicle uh, performance at Williams. He wasn't giving away exactly what they were doing, but... You know, there is a sense that perhaps they've made a bit of a breakthrough. Plus, you know, they put they put some bits on the car to help, you know, with the wind sensitivity, which is a big problem early on in the year. And they're not quite ready to say, yep, that's made the key difference. But things are looking pretty promising. You know, it was pretty windy at Paul Ricard. Russell had a very good race there as well. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. looking looking very, very good. And then again, you know, come the uh, so, so, you know, that that's that's why I'm excited to see what he can do in the race tomorrow. Was that? A flash in the pan was it was it an aberration you know if, it, if it's dry what can Williams do because he's qualified very high at the Red Bull ring before I think back to uh, you know the the, uh, the Styrian race last year very very high up and then you know just got out muscled on the on the first lap runs off into the gravel and, and things unraveled from there so can he take this um, this very high starting position and get his first points there's no, there's no reason to think mm-hmm. he can't do it at the moment it's going to be hard to keep that Alpha Tauri behind because the Alpha Tauri's got excellent pace but this is a race I'd be absolutely astonished if every car finishes on Sunday uh, because it's just it, it, it's it, it's a chaotic race you know the the, the track is, is a bit yeah. of a car breaker even Mercedes found that out last year so yeah he's got he's got every chance if he can back that pace up but also again great performance he ends up only eight thousandths of a second off, making it through to, to Q3. And I asked Dave Robson, you know, was was there a chance that he, you know, if he'd done anything differently, could he have got into Q3 or was that close to the maximum? And Dave was like, well, they're racing drivers. He said, I think something like that. They're a bit like fishermen. There's always a bigger fish to be had. But basically, <laughs> he wanted Q3, of course. But yeah, it was pretty close to the maximum. And Williams has still got to be very, very happy with what then was a P11 grid spot, and now he's P10, and he gives him, you know, the the the, the, the advantage of the different starting strategy, free choice to make so yeah really intrigued to see to see what he can do in the race tomorrow and also Nicholas Latifi looked pretty strong I think he was he, mm-hmm. he wasn't really wasn't that far off getting into into Q2 again so um so yeah good good stuff from Williams this weekend it was good stuff indeed and I'm very excited to see how tomorrow unfolds for them especially George Russell with that potential for a points finish I also did chat with them after the session and they were in good spirits they really were in good spirits very happy both of them and that was even before George had found out that he'd obviously been bumped up so I'm sure he's even in even better spirits now anything could happen at this track of course the weather could come along and just throw everything off and we will be back tomorrow after the race with our extended race report but in the meantime on Autosport Plus right now we have loads of amazing articles as always after taking their third back-to-back win in France Alex Kalinoklas has penned an article on whether Red Bull can really win anywhere now that it has toppled a Mercedes F1 stronghold There's a brilliant piece by Jonathan Noble on how F1's biggest crisis helped trigger its exciting 2021 season. 
And we had the first race of the W Series and Megan, and Megan White has written an article on why W Series champion is taking nothing for granted ahead of the, champions, the championship's return. And new subscribers can get 50% off using the promo code podcast. Just head over to autosport.com, click the top of the page and pop in that promo code podcast and get yourself that 50% off. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling in my style, as big as I want to grow, because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's It's a a new New year's revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace, this is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. That's shopify.com slash free22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.